Welcome to the Be Still My Soul podcast. I'm Pastor Ray Brandon, bringing daily encouragement to the church. As a church, we're going through the Gospel Project, working our way through book by book, and we are in Unit 20, Session 3 of the Gospel Project, uh, Day 4, reading from John chapter 3, verses 31 through 36. Before we get into the Gospel Project for today, I just want to take a moment to ask you to pray for a particular couple. Uh, when I, after I'd planted a church in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, I took a a, a job, uh, a pastoral role um, in in Michigan, and uh, w- was there three months. When the senior pastor moved on to another church, I would later follow um, him to that that same church. But the rest of the tenor of my time there. I was uh, serving in multiple capacities and um, and was running um, the main ministry that I was responsible for was uh, was the youth ministry, but also had a role in the school and teaching on Sunday morning, evening, and Wednesday night and in the various programs of the church as well. And I don't think I would have made it through if it was not for this couple. And I learned so much about um, ministry from them. You know, there's, there's a myth that says... Uh, uh, pastors are professionals. I love John Piper's book that says, "Brothers, we are not professionals." And and when we develop that mindset around ministry, we are in trouble. And this was a couple. They were not professionals, but they knew God's word. Uh, they have proven themselves faithful to His word to their family, to the local church, to the truth of God's word. And they're just going through a rough time um, with physical illness, um, some of it related to COVID and and others. Um, certainly, I can't go into all of it. Um, but I would ask that you would just pause to pray. Um, pray for this couple, but pray as well for those that serve in the church and serve faithfully. The writer of Hebrews says that we have a great cloud of witnesses, and that is true. We have the Word of God, and we see those that are faithful to God in God's Word, and they encourage us on. But we also have church history, and we can read about those that we call the saints. Um, and we got to be careful we don't put them on a another level or a higher level, for God ascribes sainthood to all of us. And there are those that are, um, that are sweating out their sainthood. They're working out their salvation, as James says, and uh, they're they're doing that in a way that is visible. Their progress is visible to all, as Paul charges Timothy in that in that same way. And certainly this couple is that way. We do have uh, witnesses to the Word of God who are faithful that are around us, and we need to honor them. In the same way that we honor our parents, that our lives might be long and blessed, we ought to honor those that are serving, that go before us and serve very faithfully. And so your prayers for the church, for those that are faithful because of God's grace. And if you remember this couple, that would be a wonderful thing. You know, speaking of youth ministry, um, we do have a Connect event that's coming up. And I would encourage all of you, especially um, especially those that are heads of households, uh, to get a copy of this book and go to the, the discussion. Um, it is called A Biblical Theology of Youth Ministry. That's the book. It's small. It's, it's easily readable. Um, John Kramer and Brad Bagley are organizing the 
uh, the get together on Saturday, March 6th at 4 p.m. And you can pick up a copy of that book by registering. And uh, um, they're just simply asking the question, what, what does the Bible say about youth ministry? Well, how should we, how should we conduct youth ministry in a church? I think it's a great question and um, a really good guide to look at all of Scripture and say, what does the, the whole of Scripture, how does the, the Bible teach us and how does it give us direction as to how to train our, our young people in, in the, the Scriptures, in the faith? Um, and so do um, go over to your digital bulletin and look for that and sign up for that um, discussion that's coming up on March 6th at 4 p.m. Okay, we are in the text, and the, the text reads um, from John chapter 3, verse 31. It says, he who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Verse 32 is, um, it it just sounds um, so sad that here God comes. He's above all. He comes from heaven. In verse 32, it says, that he bears witness to the truth, what he has seen and heard, right? So that is the truth. So the, the verse reads, he bears witness to what he has seen and heard, which is the truth. Yet no one, no one receives his testimony. And verse 33 gives the exception, whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to, to this, that God is is true. So these two verses put together, the first verse says no one no one receives his testimony. The, the next verse says well there are some. There are some. So um it's a way it's a it's a form of writing that's emphasizing that the vast majority are turning, but there are some that God's seal has been set upon. And those are the ones that say that God is is true. Their their testimony is true. Verse 34 says, For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. And, and so what seems like a holding back on the part of humanity, um, and it is, there are some that receive and God gives the Spirit without measure. We have these quantities. Um, there's no one, there's some, and then there's without measure. And so you can see the, the ratio that rebellion against God is going to be so strong in the world that it almost looks like it is overwhelming, but there are some that receive, and those that receive and, and utter that God is true, in other words, make a profession of faith, God gives his spirit without measure. And this is the reason the Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. So the Father loves the Son. He's given all authority. He's given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. So the Father loves the Son. He's given him all authority. Whoever believes in Jesus, in who he is, in what he has done, in the place that he holds, that he is He is human and he is divine, that he is the second person of the Trinity, um, that he has come, that he has died, that he has risen again. Whoever professes Christ and places their trust for um, forgiveness in Christ, whoever believes has life eternal. 
And then it ends, whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. And this is the, the problem with humanity. Um, this is the problem. Men reject. Men and women reject God. But yet God holds forth truth. It is an exclusive truth. Um, that's the struggle. In our hearts, we want to make it a broad way, but the Bible says that this truth is narrow. Um, it is necessary for all creation to function well, uh, for mankind to be in a right relationship with God. Um, that is what Jesus came. Jesus came um, not to save the planet, but to save humanity. And in that act, he will redeem all things. He will save the planet, even the cosmos. All, everything that he has created will be redeemed. But at at the tip of the spear, the whole point of the incarnation and revelation of Jesus, his, his perfect life, death on the cross and resurrection and ascension into heaven where he intercedes for us, is that humanity might see and know who he is and might receive from him the forgiveness of sins so that mankind would be transformed and God would receive glory. This is a narrow and exclusive truth. There is one way. Um, There are many ways in which we oftentimes are tempted to compromise the truth. But here we see in John very squarely that the, the word of God is true. And those that speak God's word after him, those that profess, um, they will be saved. They will receive life eternal. Now, the, the last part in this passage ought to break our hearts that we know that there are those people that we love that the wrath of God is upon. And we ought to, um, we ought to weep over their souls and ask God, God, if you will, use us to save them. Compromising the truth will never save anyone. Declaring the truth and allowing God to be the Savior, asking Him to save, that is the only way for Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is Savior and He is Lord.